I'm our Joe Bud Stony Brook. This is TheBeelPup.com, the week in Georgia, in English, coming to you from halfway between New York City and Montauk Point, Gardner's Bay, and all that stuff. Today is Thursday, the 9th of August, 2018. On this date, in 48 BCE, Julius Caesar defeats Pompey the Great at the Battle of Pharsalus, despite having a significantly smaller army. 1,500 Ottoman forces captured the town of Modon, southwest corner of the Peloponnesus in current Greece. During the Ottoman-Venetian War, population is enslaved and killed, as often happened in those days. 1944, the Soviet Vyborg-Petrovatsk offensive against Finland ends in a stalemate, though the Soviet forces gained control of East Karelia and Vyborg. 1945, the United States drops an atomic bomb on Nagasaki, directly killing about 35,000 people and indirectly thousands more, mostly civilians. Soviet forces enter Manchuria on the same day. 1974, Richard Nixon becomes the first U.S. president to resign following the Watergate scandal. 1999, President Boris Yeltsin of Russia fired his entire cabinet for the fourth time, including Prime Minister Sergei Stepashin, who is replaced by Vladimir Putin. 19, uh, sorry, 2014, police officers in the U.S. city of Ferguson fatally shoot 18-year-old Michael Brown, leading to mass protests. Birthdays include 1939, American R&B soul and funk musician The Mighty Hannibal. 1945, Kutaisi-born basketball player Zurab Sakanalidze, who won gold at the 72 Munich Olympics. And in 1973, American cartoonist Gene Yang. I'm your host, Mark Mullen, post I posted something on Facebook yesterday about the 10th anniversary of the Russian invasion of Georgia. It was reposted quite a bit, so here it is, if you will indulge me. Ten years ago, Russia invaded Georgia. I wanted to write a few impressions. Tbilisi was not bombed, but there were Russian bombers flying over bombing military sites nearby. It is terrifying, particularly when your kids are asleep in the next room. Any country that uses bombs should think about the toll it takes on the civilians on the receiving end, by the way, I can't think of many countries that drop more bombs in the United States. The Kremlin set a trap, and Misha walked into it. Was the was Georgia response was the Georgian response to the Russian invasion smart? Probably not. Was it fair? Absolutely. If you say a country does not have the right to respond when it is invaded because it's because it's small or because that's a bad idea, then you are telling those with less, less power in this world that there are no rules and that their only hope is terrorism. Be very careful making this argument. After the war, the Kremlin realized that they had largely lost the international discussion about the war. That is when they decided to really focus on international propaganda in several different languages, and they have done it since very well. They also realized the power of digital sabotage, and that was when they really began investing heavily in it. And finally, they realized that they could actually invade a neighbor and get away with it if the timing was good, for example, during the Olympics, and if everybody else is on vacation. They spread around, en and if they spread around enough excuses quickly enough to be used by those that don't want to respond, and if they would be sure to refuse a fair ceasefire until the news cycle had moved on, they would be allowed an unfair agreement, one vague enough that they could ignore it. Sarkozy wanted something quick, so he agreed to a ceasefire agreement that was vague enough that it could be ignored. Nobody cares about Sarkozy anymore, but the consequences are enormous for Georgia. Ethnic cleansing works if you can wait long enough. Everybody should look at ethnic cleansing sometime and see what it actually looks like. You sure can't see it on the drive to Kutaisi. It's happening right now in different places in the world. Those doing the displacing want everybody to forget. Those who have been displaced fight against that by remembering and encouraging their children to remember. But that's not easy to do. Who remembers the Ruthenians? South Ossetia was a multi-ethnic place 10 years ago. Not anymore. What the Kremlin does now is harass. Like the bully who pushes and spits at the smaller kids on the school bus, the Russian army moves the fence on the ceasefire line in South Ossetia farther into Georgia in different places, by different amounts, often by quite big amounts. They do it constantly in the hopes that Georgia will lose its temper. So far, Georgia hasn't, saving the rest of the world the trouble of having to deal with it. But the rest of the world doesn't appreciate the patience and strength of the Georgian people as much as they should. Now would be a good time to start. If you'd like to comment on the forum or ask a question, go to tapilpod.com or send us an email at tapilpod at gmail.com. Feel free to say whatever you want about my commentary about the 2008 invasion or your thoughts or experiences with that invasion or any other or anything else. 
constitutional court has declared that part of the administrative code that permits administrative punishment, such as fines for illegal marijuana use, is unconstitutional. This comes eight months after the court eliminated criminal punishments for marijuana use. Cultivation and sale of marijuana remain a crime. The lawsuit was filed by Girchi Zuda, Zuda Japaridze and Vastan um, Megrilishvili, who argued that marijuana use is not a risk to public order and is only detrimental to individual health, and thus applying sanctions carries no valuable public interest. After the, after the decision, Japaridze said this wasn't a fight for cannabis, this was a fight for freedom. Parliament argued that sanctions were necessary to protect the well-being of the entire society and to ensure public order, and especially to protect adolescents from the drug. The court ruled that the use of marijuana is an action guaranteed by the right of free self-development and that threaten, that threats from individual use are very minimal. Though sanctions could be applied when the marijuana use affects third parties, such as near educational facilities, in public transportation, or in the presence of children. Georgia is the first former Soviet country to legalize marijuana use. Orthodox Archpriest Andrea Jagmaidze called the decision a betrayal of the nation. Labor's presidential candidate um, and longtime WAG, Shalva Natalashvili, said that if elected, he would abolish the court for this historic crime. Otsneva MP Mirian Tsiklaudi said that the decision was made by irresponsible people betraying the nation and the state, and that he was tentatively considering the idea of abolishing the court. Parliamentary hearings on the decriminalization of all other drugs are ongoing and have been postponed multiple times. In his first big move since his cabinet appointment, Prime Minister Mamoka Bakhtadze announced that the existing system for managing the regions, that is, everywhere except Tbilisi, because Tbilisi gets an elected mayor, has failed to respond to existing challenges and would be moved from the Ministry for Infrastructure and Regional Development to be under the Prime Minister via the government administration. He also dismissed the governors of Mskhetum Tianeti, Kvemo Kartli, Shida Kartli, Samskhetabacheti, and Samagrelo Zemoswaneti. There are also media reports that the governor of Gudia has resigned. The Imaneti governor position is currently empty, so the only governors, uh, so only the governors of Kacheti and Rachalechumi retained their positions. Um, these positions are informally very powerful, and, and, and you can understand a lot about how government works in Georgia that they exist at all. I mean, it would be pretty weird if there was a presidential envoy in the United States for each state that was, in fact, more powerful than any of the elected people there. But under Shevardnadze and under Misha and under Bitsina, there, is, uh, th there has not been moves to have regionally elected uh, positions of authority. The presidential election state has been uh, election date has been set for the 28th of October. The campaign period begins on the 29th of August. Full list of presidential candidates will be published by the Central Elections Commission on the 4th of October. Final vote tallies will be submitted by the 9th of November. And if no candidate was reached, has reached over 50% of the votes, runoff will be held on the 1st of December. Utsneba announced that they would not field a candidate for the election, even though, according to Parliamentary Speaker Irakli Kobachidze, they have a lot of candidates who could bring convincing victories in the first round of presidential elections, which is an uproarious thing to say. He also said that an Utsneba president would have difficulties in maintaining political neutrality and inadequately fulfilling its constitutional duties, and that it would be good to have Otsneba. It wouldn't be good to have Otsneba controlling the parliament and the presidency. There are media reports that Otsneba may endorse parliamentary may endorse a member of parliament Salome Zurbashvili for president. And Kobachidze said that they would announce their decision after the full spectrum of candidates became known. Zurbashvili was born in France to a Georgian family that moved there in 1921. Was foreign minister from 2004. To 2005, ran as an independent for her Tatsminda parliamentary seat, though Otsneva supported her and did not run a candidate against her. She's historically voted along ruling party lines, when that was Misha with Misha, Otsneva, Otsneva. She also has filed to renounce her French citizenship, a requirement for the office. She tried to run in 2013, but couldn't because of the dual citizenship. In her announcement, she said that a female president would be more pacifying than politicians engaged in everyday scuffles. 
Also on yesterday's 10th anniversary of the Russian invasion, she made some remarks about Georgia's culpability, remarks made at a military cemetery that seemed very messed up to me. The development movement's uh, David Usupashvili, a former Otsneba parliamentary chairman, uh, has also entered the presidential race. He believes he will be endorsed by the Free Democrats as well. He may, with incumbent President Georgi Markovlashvili in mid-July, uh, he met with uh, incumbent President Georgi Markovlashvili in mid-July to discuss working together in the elections, but failed to reach an agreement as Markovlashvili apparently has no interest in party politics. The development movement won 0.76% of votes nationally in the 2017 municipal elections. United National Movement presidential candidate Grigol Vashadze broke a cooperation agreement with European Georgia when he said all the misfortune, mistakes, and wrong, wrongdoings under UNM rule were committed by those who left UNM and who are now describing themselves as European Georgia at an Ahmeta campaign stop. The two parties had agreed not to attack the other party's candidate. The situation has now descended into an argument about who criticized who first, but the agreement is still theoretically intact. By the way, he's wrong in that, and it is an expression of loyalty to Misha, and so unwise. Seven people may have been uh, arrested for knowingly endangering minors, six in the case of the April Tribuli coal mine collapse that killed six miners, and one in a June collapse at a different mine that killed two. The arrested include recently fired director um, uh, Akaki Akhladiani, the mine's chief engineer, a manager, two supervisors, and the owner of the second mine. The authorities say that when the Tribuli mine reopened in February, it did not meet safety standards and should not have been operating. Those arrested face up to five years in prison. The investigation into the July explosion that killed four miners in Tribuli is ongoing. Tamaz Dolaberidze of the Georgian Trade Union Confederation said that taken in isolation, the arrests are worth welcoming. But we should also question whether prosecuting mid-level management would prevent future incidents. He also uh, argues that the current policy of, of tying salaries to production encourages uh, po uh, poor miners to take dangerous risks. The Georgian Industrial Group, which owns Tibuli, Saknarishi, a uh, coal mining company says that it is ready to give the company to the Georgian government, saying that despite years of investment, they have been unable to make the two remaining coal mines safe to operate. This comes after a 16th of July explosion that killed four miners, bringing the total number of dead coal miners this year to 10. Four other miners remain critically injured. Sosar Subari, an advisor to Prime Minister Mamuka Bakhtadze, says that Saknar Shiri has made similar efforts before in an attempt to make the government responsible for the problems at the mine and that the government's position now is that all decisions should be made after the investigation into the explosion is concluded. Saknar Shiri also fired their director, director of production, chief engineer. They say that their general director is also prepared to resign but can't until the investigation is closed. Early this month, the government paid 1.8 million lati from its reserve fund to the municipality to cover uh, Sak uh, Nakshiri's taxes. Shortly after the deaths, community members protested to keep the Mindeli mine open, with protesters saying that the entire town will starve if they close. The miners' trade union is calling for objective investigations into the, into the April and July accidents, modernization of facilities, evaluation of safety risks, full compensation of miners during the evaluation and modernization of mines, a meeting with the Prime Minister, miners, and uh, Nakhshidi administration, and a signed agreement on the previously mentioned demands. Miners continued protesting, meeting in front of the mine administration office to demand clear information about when they will be able to resume work and whether they will be paid while the mine is closed. They said they would protest every day starting on the 9th until they hear an answer. Tbilisi City Court has found 24-year-old Russian Chechen Shoaif Borziev, a member of ISIS of the ISIS dudes Ach, uh, Ahmed Chataev's military group, guilty of plotting terrorist acts in Georgia. He's been sentenced to 13 years in prison. He was captured during the November 2017 Isani Special Operation in which Chataev, two terror suspects and one police officer, were killed. Another member of the group, 
Ruslan Shavadze was charged with membership of a foreign terrorist organization and assisting terrorist activities, was sentenced to 13 years in abstention. According to the prosecution, the group came to Georgia to get revenge for the 2015 arrest of Punky's the resident's Auf Borchashvili, who was charged with recruiting fighters for ISIS. Four Georgian citizens, Ruslan Aldamov, Ramaz Margoshvili, Antoli Berzinishvili, and Zurab Idoidze, were also convicted of assisting the group and sentenced between 10 to 12 years in prison. Two other suspects are going through different proceedings in exchange for assisting with the case. In related news, the state security service arrested one man, Malchaz Tokhashashvili from the Pankizi Gorge uh, village Birkiani on charges of having joined ISIS and assisting in terror-related activities. They apparently found illegal firearms in his home and work, as well as an ISIS flag and other materials. An ISIS propaganda video has also been recently released relevant to the case. It contains footage from the 2012 Lopota Gorge clash and the 2017 anti-terrorist operation in Tbilisi, both of which... Georgian ISIS leader Ahmed Shatayev was involved in. Georgian subtitles over Arabic music threatened the Georgian authorities with revenge for death of the brothers. Chairman of the Supreme Court Nino Gvenetadze has resigned, saying that she has health problems and needs to seek medical care abroad. She was elected in March 2015 for a 10-year term. The new candidate will be presented by the president for confirmation from parliament. Consultations have begun with various law professors from Tbilisi University. So far, discussions have been on procedure and selection criteria rather than specific candidates. More consultation is planned with NGOs, civil rights groups, and political groups. President Mark Velashvili said that he was concerned by the unexpected resignation, considering the challenges that the justice system has faced in the last year. United National Movement, European Georgian MPs, said that the real reason for the resignation was pressure from Bidzina to empower a competing and more loyal group of judges. A group of nine NGOs, including the hardest-working NGO in the Caucasus of Transparency International, Georgia, released a statement saying that Gvenetadze has failed to address the problems of the judiciary and that they, are, that they also saw the disagreements with other judges as a factor in the resignation. In November 2017, Gvenetadze said that she had been a victim of violence as other members of the High Court of Justice pushed her to make decisions she did not agree with. A non-judge member of the council said that her resignation was indicative of the harsh conditions found in the court. Georgian politicians responded to Bidzina's TV interview last week where he criticized the banks and former Prime Minister Georgi Fidikashvili explained why he had returned to an active role in the party and expressed some of his plans for the future. Otsneba, member of parliament, said that he was correct, sincere, and noble, and selfless. Former parliamentary chairman Datu Usupashvili of the development movement described him as tormented by Otsneba's failures and as someone who has a feeling that the country rests on his shoulders. United National Movement member of parliament Roman Gotseridze said that Ivanishvili was scapegoating Fidikashvili and former economy minister Dmitry Kumsishvili and that his comments about TBC Bank and the Bank of Georgia are very dangerous, very harmful, and can completely destroy the country's economy. European Georgia MPs made similar comments with Member of, Part uh, member of Parliament Dato Bakradze saying, Otsneba's political resources have been exhausted, and this is exactly why the ruling party decided to support an, an independent candidate. Former Parliamentary Chairman Nino Borjanadze of the United Democratic Sorry, of the Democratic Movement United Georgia criticized Bizina for running the country as a private company and said that he would engineer a victory for an Otsneba satellite party, then celebrate the win as a dem democratic success. Labor Shaldanate Lashvili described Ivanishvili as a politically bankrupt oligarch who is trying to convince us that it was only recently that he learned about mass unemployment and poverty. In his response, former President and national, United National Movement Chairman in Exile, Misha Saakashvili, criticized the current government for supporting banks like Kartu, giving Bidzina-owned companies preferential treatment and not growing the economy. He also said that Bidzina Ivanishvili had been practically blackmailed by foreign ambassadors in Tbilisi not to run for president and instead endorsed an independent candidate. He then said that any independent candidate nominated by Osneba would still be controlled by Ivanishvili. 
Deputy Parliament Speaker Tamar Chugoshvili said that the statement was an insult to every diplomatic diplomat accredited in Georgia, and that when Bidzina Imanishvili voiced his position on the presidential elections, it was met with absolute admiration. Three senior, senior Otsneba members of the Ozergeti Sakrabulo, Tariel Aroshidze, David uh, Chaknelidze, and Geno Chavleshvili have resigned following the June assault of Pesik Katamadze, a UNM Sakrabulo member. Katamadze was apparently beaten up and briefly hospitalized after making comments critical of Otsneba on social media. Police have launched an investigation and brought charges against Aroshidze. He is currently out on bail. Adigeni European Georgia MP Zurab Shainidze has accused several dozen Otsneba-affiliated youth of attacking him and his family at the municipality's Shuamtoba festival on the 28th of June. Shainidze says that an argument began when his son and friends refused to play football with another group. The situation was diffused, and then the later, a latter group of youth with sticks attacked him. He and two men were hospitalized with various injuries. Otsneba said that there were no political motives behind the attack and hopes that all perpetrators are punished and an investigation has begun. United States-based National Democratic Institute, NDI, released a pre-election assessment saying that there is an atmosphere of uncertainty over the relevance of the last direct presidential election before constitutional changes come into effect. They note that while Georgia has some good democratic assets like freedom of expression, assembly, and association, there are some irregularities. A date has not yet been set for the election, and Dotsneva has not decided to run a candidate or not. They are urged the government to set a date soon to make sure that there is a clear separation between the activities of the party and those of the state, and to punish those who uh, abuse administrative resources during the campaigns and election. 74% of Georgians surveyed by NDI said that they were undecided about who to vote for, even if the elections were held the day after uh, the question was asked, though 59% said they would vote. The survey indicates a likely Otsneba victory. Hundreds of residents in villages uh, Chaishi and uh, Chuberi in Svaneti protested a visit from the investigation service of the Ministry of Finance of two logging plants in the area. They blocked the road to Mestia and threw stones and sticks at riot police before the protest ended with a visit from Prime Minister Bahadze's uh, advisor on regional development, Sosar Subadi, who is from Svaneti. Nobody has, was injured or detained. Locals say that the only jobs in the area depend on logging and a crackdown without alternative means of employment is unacceptable. The authorities say that the inspection are part of a countrywide attempt to end illegal logging in which 15 people were arrested in July. Both the inspections and the wood processing were stopped following the incident. This comes after the region was hit by heavy flooding in July. Prime Minister Bakhtadze said that the intense flooding could have been caused by extensive illegal logging and that the government should punish those responsible. The villages are also the site of frequent protests against the Henska hydropower plant, and villagers apparently perceived the presence of authorities as another attempt to suppress their resistance to the project. Russian Major General Vasily Lunev has, appointed, was, has been appointed head of the Abkhaz Armed Forces, <laughs> replacing General Anatoly Krulev, who was appointed in 2015. In his public announcement, Lunev refers to the military exercises currently taking place in Georgia and said that a corresponding show of force would be required. Lunev was the defense minister of South Ossetia in 2008 and took over the invading Russian army after Krulev, who had been leading it, was injured by Georgian artillery. Georgia marked the 10th anniversary of the beginning of the 2008 war. On the 7th of August, Prime Minister Bakhtadze marked the occasion with the foreign ministers of Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland. Vice Prime Minister of Ukraine who visited Georgia on the 6th and 7th for the anniversary. They participated in a roundtable entitled For Lasting Peace and Security 10 years after the 2008 Russo-Georgia War, traveled to the occupation line by the village Odzisi, Remember the fallen soldiers and met with President Mark Velashvili, Parliamentary Speaker Kobachidze, and Reconciliation Minister Ketevan uh, Tsikhelashvili. Several hundred people protested outside the former Russian embassy in Tbilisi on the 7th, holding barbed wire 
fences to represent the occupation line. Georgians also mark the occasion on Facebook with prolific pick frames, gory photographs, and a check-in Samachablo campaign that encouraged them to check in digitally to the places in South Ossetia and Samachablo that can't go to that they can't go to because of the war. Around the country, people visited the graves of soldiers who died in the conflict. Independent presidential candidate Salome Zurabashvili remarked on the 6th that while Russia began the war a century ago, it was Georgia, a.k.a. Saakashvili, who launched the 2008 conflict, saying that she wasn't sure if the cause was recklessness, the obsession of a deranged president, or confusing collusion with the centuries-long enemy. Otsneba leaders stated that they did not share Zubalashvili's opinion on the matter. South Ossetian authorities unveiled two new monuments to those who died in the 2008 war on the 8th. They marked the anniversary by laying flowers at the various monuments, and President Anatoly Bibilov and other officials attended a memorial in Skinbali. Bibilov commented that he hoped Saakashvili would be prosecuted as a war criminal for his role in the conflict. Abkhazian President Rao Khajimba also spoke on the occasion, calling the war an attempt to barbarically annihilate the Ossetian nation and thanking Russia for bringing Georgia to peace. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez Gutierrez, uh, released a statement saying that the anniversary was a reminder of the need to resolve protracted conflicts in Europe, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, France, Germany, Japan, Latvia, Lithuania, Norway, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Sweden, Ukraine, the UK, the US, and the European External Action Service all also released statements of support on the anniversary. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo called President Mark Velashvili to express the support of the US. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad is apparently planning to visit South Ossetia on the invitation of South Ossetian President Bibila though it's unclear exactly when because it depends on the situation in Syria and al-Assad's busy schedule, I bet. Georgian authorities called the move a gross violation of international norms. Online uh, commentators expressed doubt that the visit would actually happen, noting that al-Assad has larger issues to deal with and the difficulty of traveling to South Ossetia. The Lithuanian Foreign Ministry announced that they would impose sanctions on people on the Otkhozoria Tatunashvili list of people accused by Georgia of human rights violations in South Ossetia and Abkhazia. The two-week-long international military exercise Noble Partner began on the 1st of August at the Vaziani Military Airfield south of Tbilisi. 3,000 soldiers are participating, including 1,300 Georgians and others from the U.S., Armenia, Azerbaijan, Estonia, France, Germany, Lithuania, Norway, Poland, Turkey, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. The exercise began with the U.S. and German equipment being transported from Romania through Poti, then across the country on the East-West Highway by train and by plane. President Mark Velashvili, Prime Minister Bakhtadze, Defense Minister Levan Isoria, and uh, Charge of the U.S. Embassy Elizabeth Rood all spoke at the opening ceremony. Four Georgian soldiers are accused of being part of a group that shoplifted $3,600 worth of goods from a shop at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. The Georgian military police and the United States Military Police Corps are working together to investigate. Five soldiers were dismissed after a fight at the Kojori Sergeant Academy outside of Tbilisi, left three with knife wounds. Prime Minister Bakhtadze met with German Ambassador to Georgia, Heki Petish on the 31st and announced uh, that German Chancellor Angela Merkel plans to visit Tbilisi in the near future. Foreign Minister David uh, Zalikiani visited the United States on the 26th through the 28th for a ministerial to advance religious freedom. While there, he met with Deputy Secretary of State John Sullivan and Chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee um, and well-known rich jerk Bob Corker. The Coalition for Euro-Atlantic Georgia, a group of NGOs including Transparency International, released a statement this week calling for the government to work harder on NATO integration, calling their current approach not well-articulated, fragmented, unstructured, and inefficient, and based on the desire not to irritate the Russian Federation. NDI poll found that only 23% of Georgians think that protecting the rights of LGBTQ people is important, 
a slight improvement from 2015's 21%. In contrast, 60% of people think that ethnic and religious minorities' rights should be protected, and 93% think that disabled people's rights are important. It snowed in Kazbegi and Gudauri on the 9th. A dust cloud over Tbilisi two weeks ago caused some concern and guesses that it was caused by an accident or construction work. The National Agency of Environment said that the dust was related to the meeting of uh, hot air from the south and cold air from the north, that it was normal for Georgia. Two Keist women from Pankisi won the popular Rustaviori cooking show competition, My Kitchen Rules, defeating nine other teams from across the country. They said that they were there to popularize Keist cuisine and provide our people with a sense of dignity. They also won 100,000 lati. The meme this week is a drawing celebrating the Constitutional Court's decision to decriminalize weed. It depicts Mera Berzinashvili's monumental Marnaoli sculpture, And They Shall Grow. But instead of carrying a sword, the two children at the woman's foot are carrying a giant joint. The woman looks distressed. Stuff to read. Misha wrote an op-ed again for Fox News prior to Trump and Putin's Helsinki summit where he expressed cautious optimism about the summit, hoping that Trump would avoid a deal that increases treats for American allies in Eastern Europe. He notes that he has known Trump for many years, mentioned Trump's failed Georgia real estate projects, and said that he believes his, and I quote, his clear-eyed understanding of Russia's business environment would bode well for the summit. I don't know whether he's talking about the money laundering or what. He also mentions uh, Russia's interference in the 2016 election, saying that while Putin supported Trump, he seriously miscalculated Trump's motivations and that instead of a Berlusconi-type leader, he got a determined, nationalistic, and highly unpredictable U.S. president who staffed his national... Uh, security team with well-known Russian hawks and Putin critics and imposed sanctions on politically connected oligarchs. He also provides advice for Trump when dealing with Putin. Be Reagan-esque, talk to the Russians, but start tough and remember to trust but verify on each turn. It's really, really revolting, um, but it says a lot about Misha and about Fox and about Trump. Uh, it says that the, the editorials really say that Misha is pretty desperate for a role and is happy to try to stay relevant by flattering Trump, who everybody knows to be a sociopath and a Kremlin asset. Um, but he also realizes that Fox, although a truly malignant force in the world, is a good way to talk to Trump. It also says uh, about Trump how, uh, how susceptible he is to flattery and how widely known that is. It's a rookie mistake for a head of state or any position of power, really, but one that he shares with, uh, with Misha. Misha also published a post-summit article in The Federalist arguing that, just like Obama, Trump's Russian policy speaks louder than words. The Federalist is also um, an incredibly idiotic, uh, sort of Trump-enabling uh, GOP uh, cheerleading uh, site. Um, he says that Obama and Trump should be held to the same standard and goes on to list some soft-on-Russia moments from the Obama years that didn't bring accusations of treason, like Obama saying that he would be more flexible with negotiations after the 2012 presidential elections, joke about the 1980s, uh, and a joke about 1980s foreign policy. He goes on to note that Obama didn't do anything uh, when Russia invaded Crimea, that he refused to sell weapon systems to Ukraine and Georgia, and that he turned a blind eye to Russia meddling in the 2012 Georgian elections, which is really BS. He then compares this to the Trump administration, which authorized weapon sales and imposed harsh sanctions and suggests that Trump returned to the Reagan-era policy of containing Russia on every front, strengthen the U.S. military to break Russia economically if they try to keep it up, develop Trump's space force idea, which Russia has made fun of hilariously on Twitter, and bring NATO further into Eastern Europe and prepare to enact larger sanctions. Also super revolting and really quite ridiculous, um, the, uh, the fawning about this. Um, but it is part of the, the Republicans' talking points that, well, Obama um, you know, would not arm Georgia, um, which is certainly understandable after 2008, but that uh, Trump got Georgia Tomahawk missiles. Um, which you hear constantly from Republicans in Washington, um, that when, especially when there's talk about reset and, uh, and this and that, and how 
you know, we should pay attention to what Trump does, not what he says, and, and, and all of that stuff, which is really, um, really pretty ridiculous, I, I think, since there's not much likelihood of, uh, of Georgia using those Tomahawk missiles any, anytime soon or them having any real um, effect on, on air security in, uh, in, in Georgia. Former State uh, Minister for Reconciliation and Civil Equality, Pata Zakharashvili, published an op-ed on the Georgian public broadcaster and OC media arguing for a new approach to conflict resolution. He says that the Otsneba condemns the UNM government and policies. Their conflict resolution policy has basically stayed the same. Get votes in the UN, look west, blame everything on Russia. Zakharashvili argues that this approach might make people feel good, but has led to no progress in the last 10 years. He proposes that instead of the, uh, the government begins bilateral communications with the South Ossetians and Abkhazian authorities, allow European institutions to work in Abkhazia and South Ossetia without interference from Tbilisi, solidify dem- democracy in Georgia, and so the people of those two areas can see a difference between Russia and Georgia and focus on economic growth, again, so that Abkhazians and South Ossetians can envision a better future with Georgia. It's pretty interesting. Read it. Medusa published an examination of how Georgia's war in Georgia sparked Moscow's modern-day recruitment of criminal hackers, finding some roots of the 2016 U.S. election uh, hacks in cyber war with Georgia. Apparently, Russian hackers moved independently to attack Georgian sites during the 2008 war. The intelligence agency used that moment of patriotic action to co-opt them into government service, though the article also talks a fair amount about how patriotic hacking began significantly before the war during the Second Chechen War. The article goes into quite a bit of detail about the Russian hacking world uh, and lives of its inhabitants, includes bits of poetry about Linux and mayhem in Moscow. Um, It's got a lot of very specific names in here. It is an extremely comprehensive and interesting article that I'd encourage everybody to... uh, to read. I mean, I think from a macro perspective uh, related to the U.S. And, uh, and the Kremlin, what is interesting is how the Kremlin has very effectively used individual hackers, um, whereas uh, the U.S., from a, dispense, a defense perspective, the defense means the military. The military does not know how to use individual hackers or allies. The only thing they can do is hire people, and they, they don't really know how to, to deal with people who could actually serve a useful purpose in the United States. Um, Jihadology.net published a brief update on ethnic Georgian foreign fighters in the Islamic State, providing background information on where the fighters are from, new information on a few Georgian jihadists still active in ISIS. Notably, one of ISIS's only Georgian language propagandists appears to have become more active in the last few months after a period of silence following the seizure of Raqqa in late 2017. The post includes some translations of Georgian ISIS messaging featuring calls uh, to the people of Ajada, Gudia, and Femo Kartli, threats to the patriarch, and so on. OC Media profiled the presidential candidates and discussed the impact of the 2017 constitutional changes on the presidency. This is the last direct presidential election before constitutional changes go into effect. This has decreased the importance and relevance of the role. They profile Salamay Zurabashvili, the likely Otsneba-endorsed candidate, European Georgia's Dato Bakradze, UNM's Grigo Vashadze, Development Movement's Dato Usubashvili, and independent Aliko Elisashvili, who took second in the 2017 Tbilisi mayor's race. Elisashvili has not declared his candidacy, but there are rumors he may. They, that may have heightened since Marco Lashvili's refused to coordinate with Usupashvili. Georgian marches Sandro Bregadze, former Aslan Abashidze button polisher and well-known moron, is also running. Rudlaw, a news site affiliated with the Iraqi Kurdistan Kurdistan Democratic Party, wrote about Georgia's experiment with democratic socialism, providing a brief history of the First Republic. They highlight the success of the Republic, agrarian reform that didn't end in mass starvation, women's suffrage, and the first elected female Muslim parliamentarian in the world. They criticized the Republic's handling of national minorities, saying that their behavior played into Russia's hands, and conclude that, if nothing else, it proves that another revolution was possible. Eurasianet covered the recent statement from Russian Federal Consumer Protection Agency, Rospatnabrezor, warning that Russia... No, sorry, that Georgian wines were being turned back at the border for not meeting quality standards and that they would be inspected more closely in the future. The Georgian National Wine Agency says that a very, very small percentage of Georgian wines 
don't pass the test. However, many Georgians believe that the wine has become a proxy battleground in the Georgian-Russian conflict. Despite previous Russian bans on Georgia wine, Georgia is still reliant on the Russian market, where 62% of exported wines, 48 million bottles, were sent in 2017. This particular move seems time to respond to the recent NATO summit in Brussels as Georgia steadily increases its NATO ties. Tbilisi State Cultural Studies PhD student Otto Kobachidze published an, an analysis in Civil.ge arguing that suspicion and mistrust are becoming central parts of Georgian democracy. It was believed that relations between the population and the state would improve after the fall of the Soviet Union, but recent survey data says that trust in institutions has remained stagnant or declined since 2013. Some argue that trust levels are linked to economic performance and that Georgians have lost faith in the idea of social mobility and economic progress, thus in the system. Recent protests were also uh, physical signs of this lack of trust in government institutions, especially the police, prosecution, and government. OC Media wrote about the struggles faced by Georgian feminists who struggle against cultural barriers, early marriage, and heavily male parliament and local government. Nearly a third of Georgian men, almost a quarter of women, believe it's sometimes okay for a husband to beat his wife. 42% of men believe a husband should always be obeyed. Feminism is often perceived as an imported activity, but some believe that the views on it are changing, um, and as those views change, hopefully policy and belief uh, changes will come as well. Savir magazine wrote a misleadingly titled list of everything you need to throw a Georgian Supra right in your kitchen that contains carpets and hats, but none of the actual essentials, food and wine, other than marigold petals. However, the URL calls it, more accurately, a Georgian souvenir shopping guide. It does a pretty good job of describing some uniquely Georgian items and where to buy the best Hansi wooden bowl or tablecloth in both the U.S. and Georgia, but has very little to do with actual Supras. All that stuff is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 482, the cost in dollars of the average ounce of high-quality marijuana in Georgia, according to the questionably sourced data of priceofweed.com. The Cajeti Wine Guide is hosting Wine Weekend Batumi for the 9th uh, through the 13th. There will be wine tasting, traditional Georgian food, all under the Alphabet Tower on the boulevard. Polish acrobat theater group Ocelot will perform Shakespeare's A Midsummer's Night Dream at the Batumi Summer Theater at 8 p.m. on the 10th. show is free for one night only. Batumi is also hosting Argani Art Fest on the 10th through the 12th in Batumi Central Park. There will be art and crafts for sale, art and yoga classes, exhibits, live graffiti painting, children's activities, food for sale, and entertainment, including film screenings, a fire show, Batumi musicians, and DJs. The Sarajevo Film Festival will show filmmaker Madi Gurubani's documentary Before Father Gets Back about two Pankizi girls dealing with the loss of family members who have traveled to join ISIS. The festival runs from the 10th through the 17th, and Before Father Gets Back will be screened at 9.45 p.m. on the 13th at the Multiplex Cinema City in Sarajevo. The Voice of America Georgian Service is hosting a panel at their offices in Washington, D.C., entitled Cold Peace, 10 Years After the Russia-Georgia War, Assessing the Impact on European Security. Panelists are Kurt Volker, U.S. Special Representative for Ukraine Negotiations and former U.S. Ambassador to NATO, 2008-9. Dato Bakhradze, sorry, David Bakhradze, Georgian Ambassador to the United States. Paul Saunders, Executive Director for the Center for the National Interest. Panel will take place 14th from 12 to 1.30 p.m., followed by refreshments. University College London will be holding Georgian evening courses beginning in October and running for the next three terms. They're currently enrolling for beginner and low-intermediate learners, but may hold higher-level classes depending on demand. The British Georgian Society is organizing a charity walk across Scotland to raise money for children's hospices in Georgia. The walk will cover 67 kilometers from September 17th through the 21st, ending with a Supra in Inverness. The minimum donation is 250 pounds for all five days, or 70 for one. 
That's it for this week. My Twitter address, address is at TXTBUK. That's Tango X-Ray, Tango Bravo Uniform Kilo. Our email is tweelpod at gmail.com or post the form on our website, www.tweelpod.com. And we will finish with, from Glasgow and in honor of the Georgians from South Ossetia and all people forcibly dis- displaced, this is Blue Boy 1997, Remember Me.